0: So i don't know about you but when i go to a restaurant and you know a really fancy restaurant i'm okay with getting the the salad beforehand and i'm okay with having some dessert at the end but what i am excited the most about is that main course whatever it might be if i'm if i'm at a, a fancy italian restaurant you know, the salad's okay, but getting that, that main dish of spaghetti, that main pasta, or, or even if we go to a steak place, getting the steak itself as opposed to the salad or the soup or something, I'm looking forward to the main course. And today I want to talk to you about the main course. We've been talking about craving. We've been talking about how we should crave, we should hunger and thirst for God's word. But I want to talk to you today about the main course and we're gonna land in Psalm 119. As we finish up this series here about craving, we're gonna land in Psalm 119 today, and we're gonna see the main course. Now, what's really great about this chapter, this is a, an, an acrostic. Everything that we see in this, in this chapter here is all based on the Hebrew alphabet, uh, The Psalm 119, all based on the Hebrew alphabet there, and every eight verses is a new letter in the Hebrew alphabet. But this is the main course. This is that moment that, that when we finally get that steak, we finally get that platter, we finally get the, the, the thing we've been wanting, the thing we ordered off the menu, we finally get that put here in front of us. And so as we look at Psalm 119 today, I want you to, to see how David looks at this, God's word, as being the main course it's not hors d'oeuvre it's not the salad beforehand this is the main course so one of the cool things in my opinion one of the cool things about this chapter is that in every one of these verses we see something that has to do with word with the word it can be precept it could be law it could be statute it could be commandment all these different words, they're all speaking about God's word. So even looking here at the at the first portion, let's read Psalm 119, 1 through 8. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong. They follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that you are that that are to be fully obeyed oh that my ways are steadfast in obeying your decrees then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws I will obey your decrees do not utterly forsake me so not only is David writing In this case, every one of these verses, starting with the the Aleph, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, but every one of these these verses has something to do with God's Word, some way that he's naming God's Word. So as we get into the main course today, I want us to see how, as we go through this chapter here, and we won't read the whole thing, I'm going to kind of pick and choose some of the verses here, but I want you to see how in in this whole chapter David is talking about not so much an hors d'oeuvre, not so much a salad or soup, but as God's Word and obeying God's Word as a main course, and it's based on relationship. Hungering and thirsting God's Word for, for, for God and for His Word, as we're going to see here, is not about duty. It's about a relationship. So let's, let's dive in here, because this whole chapter, this is one of my favorite chapters of the whole Bible right here, it drips of a relationship that God wants us to have. And it drips of, in that relationship, uh, a standard of obedience, a standard that that, that shows, hey, I, I love you God so much that I can't get enough of you. I can't get enough of your word. And when I'm calling up my best friend, I, I want to I talk for a while, especially if I haven't talked for in a while. I want to talk for a while. I want to catch up on all those things there. Now, hopefully I don't have big gaps between when I call my friend, but when those times when I do, I want to spend some time catching up. I want to reignite, re-trigger, re-convene in that friendship, in that relationship. And when I read this, this just talks all about having a relationship with God. Alright, so let's look at verses 10 and 11 of Psalm 119. I seek you with my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So, as we go through this today, I'm going to be asking you some questions, rhetorical questions, and you're more than welcome to answer if you want. Uh, I won't hear your answer, but you're more than welcome to answer. But the first question I want to throw out there is in regards to his word being hidden in our hearts. Verse 11 I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your word. Have we hidden God's word in our heart? We find in Joshua 1.8 that we're supposed to meditate on his word day and night. So kind of begs the same question. Have we taken his word? Are we ingesting this? Is it hidden in our heart that we will not sin against God? So what should our heart be towards God? Should his word not lead us? In, in in the ways that we go in the direction that we go should his word not be the standard that 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 compass that guides us y- yes it should everything we do should be based on God's word we kind of treat God sometimes as a, a you know last resort instead of him being the, the main focus and his word and his and his guidance and his direction being being the compass there and we only come to when we get lost oh god what am i supposed to do now why is it that we treat god as the last resort when all along god's supposed to be the main focus why do we treat god's word as "Eh, i'll get around to it when all along we should be treating his word as the main course there is life there is, there is liberty, there is freedom in his word. We we're told in Hebrews that his word is a double-edged sword. A double-edged sword means that it was sharp on both sides. Some show, some swords just had one, you know, had the, the blunt side and then you kind of had to swing down. And that swing down part was the one that was sharp. But a double-edged sword is sharp on both sides. So you can go either way and you're going to, you're going to do some damage instead of always having to strike one way. If God's word is this double-edged sword, then why is it that we we don't use it as the weapon as it is? We don't use it to cut through all those areas of, of the fat and the and the mold, marrow and the bone and all that. Why do we use it as convenience? In Psalm one nineteen, verse fifty nine. We'll jump over to verse fifty nine here. It says, "I have considered my ways, I have and have turned my steps to your statutes." This is a great verse because as we look at this, it's almost as if David says, "Hey, I started going out my way, and I realized, oh wait a minute, that's probably not the right way to go." So he makes a decision, seeing that God's way is going to be right. He he starts out on, or he at least considers. Maybe he doesn't start out. He considers the path that he's about to take, and realizes, wait a minute, according to God's word, that would not be the right way to go. Because it says here that he turned, he turned to your statutes. He turned to to the ways that God was saying to go instead. This is one of those verses where we, we, we kind of, maybe we can see how it measures up with 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And we see how, you know, where it says that God has not given us um that God makes a way out in those times when we feel like we're tempted it's not God tempting us but in that temptation God makes a way out this is almost kind of like parallel to that right so I consider my ways oh I'm gonna go I'm gonna go do this oh wait a minute I realize now that that would be a sin according to God's word so let me turn this is that word This is where we get to to Shuva that turning that repentance let me turn and go the other direction instead. What a great verse. What a great thought. What a, what, a, what, a, what a reminder for us the next time we're considering something. Is it matching up with God's word? Because if not, then let's turn and do what God's word says. Let's follow God's statutes instead of doing what we think might be fun. So I think this is a great challenging verse. Part of that main course there that we're talking about. And then it also kind of ignites that question of, do we crave him? Because if I don't crave him as much as I should, I probably will go down my own path. But if I crave him and I want to do what's right according to him, I'll consider my way and then I'll consider God's word. And I'll make the right judgment. Oh, wait, I need to, I need to go this way. This is the way that's going to take me to God, not that way. So again, we're finding some great pieces of main course meat in here. So craving, I wrote this down, craving is really a hunger for relationship with God. So hopefully over these lessons here, you have been finding your true hunger and thirst for God's word. And hopefully you've been finding that maybe the relationship you had is strong. Maybe the relationship you have is not as strong. But either way, this is the point where we come and we say, God, I am so hungry and thirsty for a relationship with you. I'm so ready to to block out those things that are coming against me and to focus on you. Again, like we were just saying, I'm ready to make you first, God, instead of the last resort. Hopefully this is where you have been these last few sessions as we're really digging into God's word as we're we're talking about this hungering and thirsting. Again, it all comes down to relationship. Are you hungry and thirsty for relationship with God? Because in His Word we can find, we can find that meat, we can find that drink that we've been looking for. We find him and he says that he is the bread of life. That he is the one who offers this drink and will never go thirsty again. But we find that when we find the relationship with him through his word. Let's look at a couple more verses. Let's go over to verse 35. Backtrack just a little bit here. Still in Psalm 119. Let's look at verse 35. Direct me in the path of your commands. For there I find delight. and do we find delight in God's Word? Again, it's going right back to the relationship. If I'm having a relationship with my friends, it's normally because I have some kind of something in common, some kind of a delight, some kind of uh, commonality, again, with, with these friends here. Do I have a commonality with God? And do I find, as it says here in the verse, do I find... A delight in his commands, in the things that he is asking me to do. Hmm. I I might have to question myself and say, if I'm not finding a delight in God's command, is it because I'm being convicted for something that I think is okay, only to find that it's not according to God's word? All right. Do I suffer, maybe from a spiritual peer pressure. What's spiritual peer pressure? Let's take a look at that for a second. So spiritual peer pressure, well, not like normal peer pressure, you know, you're gonna have people, I remember in school, they used to say, oh, someone pushes drugs on you, just say no, and, and, you know, if they're asking you to do things that are against your beliefs, just say no, and, and so, now, as try as I might, I, I tried to not give in to peer pressure when I was in high school. I still try not to give in to peer pressure, even as an adult. There's still things that, well, everyone at work's doing it, so you should be doing it too, and things like this. I'm like, ah, But a spiritual peer pressure is the same thing. Are we going to church just because everyone else is going to church? Are we praying just because everyone else is praying? Are we reading the Bible because everyone else is pray- reading the Bible? Or because it's what we feel we should do? In a way, it's duty, but in a way, it's also spiritual peer pressure. I don't want to be pushed into reading God's Word. I don't want to be pushed into having a relationship with God. I want to have a relationship with God because I'm hungry for it. And I tell you right now, I am hungry for it. There have been times when I did it out of duty, and there there might be times in our Christian walk where it does kind of slump a little bit, and we do continue to do it out of duty but I don't want it all to be out of duty. I want to get to a point where I am hungry for God's word. I can't have enough of God's word. And I can't have enough of this relationship with God. And church is just one of those places that I go to because it expands my relationship. It it, it feeds that hunger. Not that I have to go, but I want to go. I want to be with fellow believers. I want to be in a place where I can worship God. And the music that's on stage is a lot better than the music that I can come up with on the guitar, right? I want, I want to have these times with God because I'm hungry. So I don't want to, I don't want to give in to spiritual peer pressure. I want a relationship for myself, and that brings up another point. I don't want a Moses. I want my own experience. In the in the case with the Israelites, there they they were looking at when God was ready to talk to them and the thunder and the lightning and they got scared, they said, Moses, you go do it for us. You go talk to God because we're scared. And so we still find ourselves in that position where there is this Moses that speaks to God for us because we don't wanna read the word. We don't wanna pray for ourselves. We want someone else to do it for us and, and tell us what God is saying. I don't want a Moses. I want a relationship with God. I don't want Moses over here being the only one that has this contact with God. When I can have that relationship myself, I want to hear from God myself. There might be a time when I need a Moses, but I don't want it to be an every time thing. I want to come. God's whole aspect with these people here is he wanted a relationship with them we go all the way back as we've been talking about all the way back to the beginning we see that God's wanted a relationship with his people since the very beginning I want to take him up on that offer I want to have that relationship with him and not have to go through Moses not have to go through a pastor not have to go through a tv evangelist I want to hear God for myself I want to know God for myself all right, let's look, let's skip over to verse 127 and 28. All right, so it's because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold, and because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. Man, there's another good question. Do we love God's word, God's commands? more than the physical things, in this case, the gold, more than pure gold? Is God's word so elevated when we think of, of this relationship? Do we, do we consider his words as being the gem? Do we love our meetings with God? Do we love coming to him? Do we love his commands more than anything else? There have been times, honestly, that I I can't say that. Normally, it's in those times that I find that I was in sin. I didn't want to read God's word because I was in sin. Because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold, because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. Normally, when I don't hate every wrong path, It's because I'm trying to justify the path that I want to walk. Look with me at verse 148. I'm on the page stuck together. Verse 148. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night. That I may meditate on your promises. There are some Hebrew holidays, Jewish holidays, where they spend the whole night reading God's Word. David, in essence, is saying the same thing here, that he would rather be in this, in God's Word. He'd He'd rather be studying God's word. He'd rather be having this relationship with God than even going to bed. When was the last time we said that? When was the last time that we were so desirous, so ravenous of God that we said, man, I got to, I got to be in the word. I don't care if I stay up all night. I've got to have this relationship with God. I can, I can probably tell you that it's been years since I was in that point where I had to stay up late because I could not get enough. As tired as I was, I knew I had to be in God's word because, because there was a major decision coming. There was a major issue that I was going through. There was, there was this this lack of knowing God the way I wanted to that was making it something I had to do. I couldn't put the word down. Every time I opened up a passage, I would write down notes because God was showing me stuff. When was the last time that we were in that position? As David is saying here, he, he, he stays his eyes open through the watches of the night. He's staying up all night having this relationship with God. Maybe that's something we need to consider doing. <laughs> so I don't know. Here, here's the final thoughts I want to bring to you as we close out this series here now of, of craving. John 3:30. John is being asked about Jesus and his relationship and his role there because he is the Baptizer. And it says in John 3.30, I must decrease decrease so that he can increase. And what's very interesting about this verse here is if we really look at what John is saying, he's saying, look, I'm just just a background figure, basically. I, I came as a forerunner to what God was about to do in sending his son. But I have to step back. I have to let God, I have to let Jesus be the highlight. And so I wrote down this little challenge to myself. I must decrease in what I desire. And he must increase and become my only desire. There are a lot of things that I desire. And a lot of those things don't match up to God's word. As I continue reading Psalm 119, I realize that this passion that David has is a challenge for me to have this same passion, to have this same relationship. It's exactly what I want. And some some aspects maybe I do have portions of it. But as you look through this and you look at how David is so commenting all these all these great things about god's word and his desire and his relationship that he's having with god it's what i want but it's not always what i have and it's because i'm putting my desires in front of god so again i must decrease in what i desire and he must increase to become my only desire I need God. I need his word. I need this relationship with him. He is the main course. His word is the main course. This relationship with God, it can't be treated as an hors d'oeuvre, as a soup or a salad or even a dessert. It has to be the main course. The last comment that I wrote down God longs for us to long for him. Do we long for him? As we go through our day, do we long for these moments, these pockets, even if we can't take the whole night, do we at least long for these pockets to hang out with God? And longing is not enough. Do we do we move on these longings. Now, I can long all day for chocolate. Do I go and get chocolate? Sometimes. I can have a longing for God. What am I going to do? Am I going to go after it? God longs for me to long for Him. God needs to become my only desire. How hungry. And thirsty are we? I hope that you have enjoyed this series. It's all based on a a book that I wrote called Craving. Uh, You're more than welcome to find that on Amazon, Um, but it really just comes down to our relationship with God. How hungry and thirsty are we? I'm challenged over these last two weeks here. I'm challenged even myself to really evaluate Where is my relationship with God? Where is this hunger that I have for God? Am I still trying to justify things that are not according to his word? Or am I willing to put those things aside and say, God, you are my only focus. I am hungry for relationship with you. And to the point where we can never be satisfied, no matter how much of him we have, we're never going to be satisfied. That's my prayer for myself. That's my prayer for you. Hey, this is Pastor Daniel. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Obedient Sheep podcast. If you'd like to get more information on this ministry or even get in contact with me, please go to obedientsheep.net. There you'll be able to leave your information, drop a line, send a prayer request, or even check out the other resources that are available. Thank you again for checking out this ministry, and we hope you have a blessed day.